Hey, welcome everyone to Getting Off Track. This is our pilot episode. Does everyone remember Roller Derby? I sure do. Uh, you're watching the Women's Flat Track Derby Association's Twitch channel, uh, WFTDA on Twitch, and we're trying out a few new show ideas in this time of social distancing. So please feel free to drop your thoughts and suggestions in the chat. Uh, we know folks are missing all of the great roller derby games. Uh, we're missing practice. Um, so we're happy to have you here today, at least just for an hour. We're going to mix it up a little bit with some talk about roller derby, some community chat, and of course, some fun. Uh, my guests today are 2017 WFTDA Championships MVP, Lady Trample, and her better half, or maybe it's the other way around, Scald Eagle, who also just so happens to be the 2015 WFTDA Championship MVP. That's two MVPs for the price of one today, friends. They're gonna talk about their time at Denver Roller Derby and uh, their hopes for the season, our, all of our hopes for the season and more. We are also gonna welcome our friend, Team Indigenous co-founder, Jumpy McGee, also of Team Maine and Maine Roller Derby. We're gonna talk about uh, the importance of community, especially during this challenging time and how Jumpy is bringing that important insight as always to roller derby. Of course, if you have questions for us or any of our guests today, we're gonna to welcome, welcome you to pop some questions into our Twitch chat uh, and we'll try to get to them. So before we start though, I just wanted to take a minute to chat about the status of WFTDA Roller Derby. Uh, this past Monday, the WFTDA posted our recommendations to suspend gameplay and training, unfortunately. Uh, but we're hoping that these are helpful guidelines that'll help to keep the community safe. Um, you can learn a little bit more about that by heading to WFTDA.com. We have our latest community guidelines and resources listed there as well. The sports world, uh, the sports world in general right now, uh, looking for ways to stay engaged with fans, with athletes, uh, despite the fact that a lot of different gameplay is being halted. So we're working on a few show ideas here at the WFTDA. Um, we're hoping to keep everybody motivated and entertained and engaged. And if you have show ideas or thoughts, hit us up at broadcast at quadmedia.tv. Uh, you can click the heart also to follow us on Twitch, um, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, doing, uh, oh, sorry, ding that little bell icon. That's how, that's what the kids are saying, uh, to get notified when we get uh, new content, which we're hoping to do. We have a lot of folks reach out to us uh, over the past week asking for new content. So here we are trying out some new content. Um, so we are really happy to have you like and subscribe to us on YouTube. It's a great way to support the channel and keep our shows going. We know everybody out there is hanging in there and folks asking on the Twitch chat, will this be recorded to watch later? Yes, absolutely, it will. Um, for those of us just joining, I wanted to let you know that uh, coming up in just a moment, we're gonna introduce our friends, Lady Trample and Scald Eagle of Denver Roller Derby, uh, but we'll be right back after a short break. Uh, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm Double H and you are watching our WFTDA uh, Twitch channel. We are mixing it up with some content. Uh, folks I, I know out there are socially distancing appropriately. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of time to reconnect here. Uh, our first guests of the show, my friends Lady Trample 
and Scald Eagle of Denver Roller Derby joining us live. Welcome, friends. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having oh. us. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to see you both. Uh, I'm glad you're both doing well. I'm glad you're healthy. Um, hey, how's it going over there? Well, uh, it snowed recently. So, you know, on top of not being able to like go to derby practice, we then also felt difficult to go outside. So we really were housebound there for a hot second, but weather is beautiful today and it's melting pretty quick. Oh, well, that's yeah. good news. And so yeah. now, um, y'all have had quite a, a last few couple of months. Um, let's go back a little bit. Let's see. We were just looking. I, we can see and hear you. Can you see okay. and hear us? Yes. Yes. Okay. did it. <laughs> All right. Let's see how long we can keep this rolling for. Um, again, welcome back. I am Double H here with Lady Trample and Scald Eagle. Um, tell us a little bit about your 2019 championships experience because you had uh, a few snags, in particular, Lady Trample, you were not able to make it to championships. Yeah, I I guess I could start by saying it's my worst champs. Um, lowest performance, least points scored, 0% lead. Although, silver lining, I got no penalties. So, you know. Nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I have to say. I actually got uh, kind of a little bit FOMO watching the, the reel that you guys just played. And I was like, oh, I didn't get to do any of that. No one hit me. No one. I didn't get to like juke past anyone. I didn't have any of those moments. So I'm happy for all y'all, but sad for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can 100% uh, co-sign that horrible feeling of not having you there. Um, you know, she's got such powerful presence on our team already. And to not have that, you know, super positive, powerful, um, gung-ho energy during one of the big, the biggest tournament of the year definitely sucked. <laughs> the best word to describe that whole sensation. Uh, well, uh, I would also say that the sensation of not being able to play now kind of sucks. Uh, but if we were to be playing roller derby uh, right now, what <laughs> what, uh, what types of things uh, have you been working on with Denver this season? Uh, what are some of the um, what are the some of the things you learned coming out of championships that you're looking to make adjustments for the next time we play roller derby? Uh, so I'm actually captaining this year with Crushing Kraken, and it's my first stab at this. So um, we've been working a lot on the back end, trying to just really get some um, some of the behind the scenes uh, parts of the team working, so that we have a cohesive plan moving forward. Um, which is the again silver lining of this whole uh, mandatory break is when we come back, we are going to be one thousand percent ready to roll. Uh, we actually have a leadership meeting tonight, so we're still getting the working behind the scenes even though we can't um, put into action the things that we want to um, I think we have quite a few new bodies on our team this year and new new faces as well as some returning skaters and so we're just going to be continuing to uh, grow and uh, build strategically and work to get that um, cohesion happening on the track more points less points against you know the usual hundred <laughs> percent I think uh, from my perspective, we've done a lot of 
culture building from within our team. Uh, we do this awesome thing where we kind of do like a yearly retrospective and we try to, you know, kind of do a SWOT analysis of not only how did we do externally, but how did we do internally too, and uh, may have made a lot of action items to improve both outlooks on both fronts. So I'm really proud of the work our team has done in this off season to be more ready for this almost on season. <laughs> yes, and, and I'm going to be uh, co coining a term here. I'm going to call this the artificial off season. Um, so in this artificial off season, um, you made some great points about uh, this being a time that people can go and work on their culture. People can go and work on um, the mechanics of what they're trying to do as a league. Um, and, and that is a really beneficial opportunity that we have during, you know, something that's not an ideal time um, for our sport. Um, what types of things are you focusing on as jammers? Because uh, you are a captain now this year. And so um, uh, what kinds of experiences are you having in, ha in having about, uh, you know, the rest of us, the blockers? How do you approach captaining uh, as a jammer? Um, that's a great question. And honestly, I don't know how I uh, approach it as a jammer as such, but um, trying to just figure out exactly what I can bring and then how uh, my experience, because I'm mean, coming into my ninth season, which, you know, compared to you is small. One year. <laughs> I'm so of young. Tenth season. <laughs> uh, I'm That's true. I am older and wiser. <laughs> she doesn't let me. Um, you know, trying to come into it and bring my experience, because this is my third league now, um, from the good and bad that I've experienced from leadership, from coaches, from captains, from team members, and trying to really bring those cultural things in, as well as some of the strategic and training-based things, um, lots of things and things. Uh, one of the, the things that I'm really proud of that we are doing is that we have uh, been doing... Um, not mandatory, but we're trying to encourage as many members of our MHB, which is our combined A and B team, to continue to participate in off skates together. Um, obviously not in person, but we're having live streamed videos uh, where everyone can kind of jump in and do the same workouts together. And it just helps keep a little bit of connection. We also just completed our first compulsory homework assignment, which was a self-assessment based on watching a game. Um, and we have some recon groups that are going to be starting soon. So we're still getting a lot of that strategic planning to happen in the behind behind the scenes and then putting skates on and doing, you know, jammer based exercises, which the one advantage of being a jammer in this situation is um, there are a lot of base little skills that we can practice solo, not to say that there aren't blocker wise, but, you know, you can't practice your pack formations when you ain't got no pack. So <laughs> that is uh, fair. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott Eagle. You go uh, on. <laughs> Ooh, that was the full name, the whole meal deal. Um, Scald Marie Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> you eat your vegetables. You can call me Eags. That's fine. We're close to um, The uh, I I think that you will be able to, as a jammer captain, be able to give really good uh, input on how well your offensive blockers do or don't do. So like being able to kind of come at the blocking from that realm, I think will help make you an excellent person in our trifecta captainhood. And also just as an FYI for people who don't know, Kraken is Weirsbinski. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's, yeah. <laughs> I 
was going to say, we do know who out of the pair of us is bitter at offense or taking offense. But, <laughs> oh, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, we, we have cooked up a little game here that I like to call the roller derby newlywed game. Uh, and thankfully, I think that tramps and eags are prepared. Um, but so, yeah, one of the questions that I had, uh, you know, to prepare them was, uh, which of you is better at offense? And, and what was your response to that one? Eagle. Oh, so <laughs> eggs make sense better. To be fair, I've only had one year to gel with the team and a lot of the, uh, like, the minute, minute, minute uh, <laughs> gelling ha happens in games and missing out on those championships games which you know woe is me uh did mean that, that i was down on some really high intense uh games and opportunities to continue to build those relationships so i'm gonna give her that uh in terms of an advantage but she is also way better at that threading life and i'm a little bit more like one 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 and uh yeah <laughs> run <laughs> i also have an accent and i have like this weird australian kiwi slang and then because of the last uh, three years that I had with the RDL, I was really ingrained into using their verbiage. And I swear for the first three months that I was with Denver, I would say something and I would know what I meant, but then what I meant. And even though I meant the thing that they did, it was like, <laughs> and then she comes here and it's even worse. Also because I'm just deaf as a doornail and nobody can hear you. So what? Like, what? 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 <laughs> So you're going to spend your time when you're back together continuing to grow as part of the team. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to get you ready for the roller derby newlywed game. I did prepare you earlier a little bit by making sure that y'all have some um, paper and a pen or a marker. Um, wonderful. Okay. So essentially, here's what happens. I'm going to ask you which of you, okay, you are both mvp jammers a two mvp jammer household now we're going to learn a little bit more about you as jammers who are married so first question uh which of you would you say is better at taking feedback from your coaches okay right this is gonna be good. All right, I hope we can read it. Oh, got it, okay. So, uh, would, you like, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your, um, your feedback challenges, Eegs? Well, Abel, I am hard of hearing, so it's like I have to hear it first, um, you know, and I am a talker, so it's like I need to slow my own talking enough to hear other people talking at me. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing, kind of. Um, no, she's way better at asking for feedback. So, like, I often, I am just bumping along, you know, and I'm trying to figure out how to better myself inside my own head, and I forget to ask for for help and for feedback on what I need to do better. So... Uh, the fact, the sheer fact that she asks for it more often than I do is a major plus. Yeah, I, I guess I'd mirror that. I think coming, um, the step up that I made from playing with Pirates to VRDL, 
um, I was in a really lucky position to have access to coaches like Salsage Rolls and teammates. Uh, Danny Darko was one that straight off the bat came in and was like, hey, you're great, but, and um, I, I'm really glad that I was able to accept that as seeing it as them watering me and not that there was anything wrong with my skating, but they knew that there was a potential to make it better. Um, and so that kind of developed that, that hunger for, okay, coaches are really trying to bring out the best in me. And if I'm getting feedback, it's not because I'm bad. It's not because I, I suck or I'm not good enough. It's because they see that I could be better and being better actually makes, you know, makes it less work for me on the day. So if I can put in the energy to try the things, um, then, you know, that, that gives me opportunities for more success, which makes her job harder. Lisa, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and I think feedback overall is something that a lot of people sort of struggle with. So it's nice to know there are other people out there who struggle with feedback. <laughs> okay, you ready for the next question? Ready. Yes. Okay, all right, wonderful. Which one of you hates watching footage of yourself the most? Which one of you hates watching footage of yourself the most? I wish I had like a, a theme song for you. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Also, like the size of my whiteboard. Yeah, she broke <laughs> your whiteboard. <laughs> She broke her picture frame, throwing it around the room. Actually, Franz wants has a whole project that she's doing. This is like bulk whiteboard that we got from Home, De Home Depot. And uh, so I, I asked to borrow it, but I didn't cut it down because she needs the whole thing. You're welcome. Okay, but so uh, neither one of you thinks you have a problem watching footage, except except clearly in this equation like eggs you don't have a problem watching yourself i just have to remember to watch myself i am quite is that what that says what is this we procrastinate oh yeah <laughs> uh for my homework assignment we were supposed to watch a bout of our choice and it's possible that one of my champs bouts uh, the first time i watched it was last night so because our homework was due last night at midnight <laughs> and you got it in at midnight o'clock. I did, it was 11.59. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Championships yeah. from 2019? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not the best at watching footage, but I like watching it when I watch it. I used to watch my footage like the minute the game ended, like my first uh, playoffs. I think I watched the games three times before my next game. So I was like watching to just critique and analyze and pick up on things that I wanted to change. Uh, I've definitely gotten, I'm going to say lazier at watching myself. And part of it is that I guess I have learned to self-reflect more in the moments. And I do have gymnasia, but I also have a good ability to come away from a game um, knowing the things that I need to do better. So my like urgency in terms of watching it before the next game has gone down which I do want to change. Um, I also only just watched the thin air games. Um, I think when I knew that I wasn't going to champs, I got kind of in a you know self pity party and was like, I don't even need to watch myself because I don't get to fix anything. 
<laughs> so I avoided watching them, um, and I finally watched uh, the uh, DRD Gotham game where they just owned the living daylights out of me, uh, and watching that was <laughs> it was really insightful. I definitely picked up on some things where I was like, why? Why, why, why trample? And I wrote myself a letter afterwards so that I could <laughs> fix the things. You and wrote yourself I a letter. What did you say to yourself? Nasty things. No, I, it was, they it was, they probably were. <laughs> You're so hard on yourself when you watch footage. It's like, yeah. I was very critical of my performance because my performance was crap. So <laughs> <laughs> when I, you know, when I play a good game, I'll be like, okay, you did good. And when I play a bad game, I'll call myself out on it. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the VRDL game at that tournament, I could watch that and I could still pick up, pick up on things that I could do better, even though I had a good game, but I wouldn't be as harsh on myself. In the Gotham game, I wasn't impactful. I had a negative impact on the game and I very much got into a headspace that continued to derail my potential for success. And so I basically told myself to not let that happen. You're so logical about this. Do you have these conversations with yourself during the game? Is this, Eegs, is this why Trample is so much better at feedback because she's writing letters to herself after the game well she's a you know she's a pessimist so she automatically thinks she's doing worse than she is then she tells herself that which is probably why she assumes her coaches are also going to say the same thing but that's not real meanwhile i'm an optimist i'm like that went pretty good <laughs> not to think that like you know oh, i did great i don't need any feedback it's just a different tack on life i think so uh I should and need to watch more footage than I do. I'm, to, you know, to profess honesty, I'm not the best at watching footage as far as like gleaning a lot of information from it, like my blocker cohorts do. So uh, that's that in and of itself is an area of improvement for me. So I put that in on my goal sheet last night. I thought, okay. <laughs> oh, well, you must have just intuited what my next and final question is going to be for you. And I want to remind everybody um, who is watching on Twitch, uh, if you've got a question for Trample and Eagle, let us know. We have them for a few more minutes. Uh, and I'm going to pester them by asking them one more roller derby newlywed question, which is, are you ready for this? Which one of you is a better blocker? Which one of you is a better blocker. And we have a lot of really great comments in Twitch. Um, Fleetwood Smack 87 says, I can't imagine Trample or Eagle being hard on themselves because they're so amazing. Uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, y'all are so committed to feedback because I think that that's extremely important. And now we're going to see which one of them thinks that they're the better blocker. Okay, go ahead. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow, so you both think that you are the better blocker. Uh, I, would like to, I would like to hear a little bit more about why. Um, oh my God. I have MVB award from our last home game where we both blocked. Oh Where's your MVB award? I haven't gotten an MVB button yet, <laughs> but I'm going to try really hard. 
<laughs> so uh, we are playing home season for the first time for me in many years, and I believe for you as well. Um, and Dima has a really fun home season. There's four teams, and it's competitive, but also very fun. Um, and we agreed to do it this year on the condition that we would be blockers. So we both got drafted to opposing teams as blockers, which is fun because we, you know, now that we're on the same team, we don't get to play against each other a lot. So uh, we both really enjoy it. We enjoy the challenge and we definitely uh, trying to learn that mindset and skill set. But I can't hold her for <laughs> bleep. <laughs> I also have found that she's extremely difficult to finish off the lines. Like, that side surf life she does, it's so strong. And now that as a blocker, I've really tried my my damnedest to get her off track and like failed miserably. Uh, I have a whole new appreciation for her style, which I have already, you know, I hold you up here in that style, but to feel it and to feel what that feels against it, it's very difficult. But um, I, I have dreams in my sleep of getting more blocker time, even at the at the highest levels. Uh, I don't know. As long as I'm good at scoring points, my coaches probably won't let me do it. But someday over the rainbow, maybe we'll get to block a little bit more. I don't, I don't know. I do love jamming, but uh, I feel um, I'm trying. I'm trying to like bust that myth of you know jammers can't be blockers or vice versa. Like I think that there's room for there's no one size fits all on that thing. In which case, there are totally blockers that could become great jammers, and there are great jammers that could come become good blockers, and the inverse of both of those ways. So, yeah. There's been some great examples of that in those past few years as well, like Rachel Rodden turning to jamming, uh, Lauren Foote turning to jamming. Um, I think we traditionally have seen a lot more of the jammer go blocker, um, and I can, you know, I'm not even, it's going to be rude, not even going to bother the list off because there's it's numerous, the ones that have transitioned that way, but we're seeing a lot more come mm -hmm. through. Which is... I can't even think of right, Really? Janice Thurston was a jammer. Akers was a jammer. Um, Oh, like we've got least. some folks chiming in on the chat saying yeah, Optimus Grime was a blocker. Uh -huh. Live TV right now, so trying to think as anybody with a name in this hot heat of the moment is very difficult. So, well, you're doing it. very well. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple of questions in the chat. Um, does Eagle also go out to the skate park trample? Oh, I get to answer this one. Eagle <laughs> did go either. Past, uh, she, when we first started dating, she was like, oh, teach me the things, really fun. And she went out and then one day at a competition that I was hosting in Florida with Erin Grobore, which by the way, me and her should never be judges because we were the worst judges in the world. We're like, everyone's doing so great. Of course you can keep skating. You want another try? Yeah. Take another try. It was a, a game of skate, which is a knockout. It's supposed to be like you attempt the trick and if you don't get it, you get knocked out. But me and Bro were just like, ah, oh, so close. Okay. But so anyway, her and Snot Rocket Science absolutely owned it. And they were doing tricks that neither of them had ever done for the first time ever. So like grinds and handstands, which is called a ho-ho. Um, ugliest ho-ho you ever saw, but <laughs> it was a ho-ho. I got through that round. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, uh, Eeks does skate parks, but I was giving her crap the other day because we basically, since we got married, she hasn't been out to the skate park with me. That's true. <laughs> we had hometown throw oh, did, did, did we ask some sensitive yeah. questions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I need to get out more. I I have taken some hard bails that have spooked me a little bit, so I just need to like get back on the saddle and take it back up. And to to be fair, to be fair, that's from Letterkenny, by the way. Y'all should watch it. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> the uh, I derailed my own thought. Okay, process. You're pretty Letterkenny, y'all. Pitter patter, pitter patter, Peter friends. Let's get out. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, it was really important. Escape pot injuries. I don't know where you're going. Spook. Yeah. Okay. You were spooked yeah. by it. Oh yeah, it was spooky so for you. Get, <laughs> oh, I got it. It came back. Come back to me. Uh, she's so we coach often, and when she's out doing a ramp camp, having me in in the mid, amidst everybody is kind of not the appropriate time, you know, because there's usually very limited space in a derby learning type situation as far as like there's usually only one half pipe and that's the best scenario to learn on if there's you know 15 to 30 people there like there's literally no space for me so um i often great excuse yes it is (laughs) either way (laughs) well we do have a few folks commenting on your pupper uh and so we have a really good question about how you're managing all this social distancing um, and I believe I have a photo of the, th- the four of us together from this summer, last summer at JRDA Championships, where I got the chance to meet Janet. Tell us about your puppy. So she is, I think she's nine or 10 months old. She does have a great period. She's a woman. Um, but uh, yeah, no, she's nine months old. She's an absolute terror. She's very, uh, how did the breeder describe it? What was the wood that they use? She's going to be a sassafras. Sassafras. Is the word our breeder had to say, and um, she definitely fills that bill. <laughs> Which I didn't know was a personality trait, but if it is a personality trait, then she's your mother's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, she's she's lots of fun. And actually, uh, one fun thing about this quarantine situation is we do have a really nice, uh, very... Um, empty park up the road that has a great trail. So I actually took her for a couple of laps the other day and she loved it. So she was actually pulling me on my skates uphill. Um, so for a, you know, a little, a little tight, she's doing pretty well. That's I'd awesome. We're just talking about our dog. I think it was something along the lines of getting by. through the. COVID I was time. basically like uh, family go. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Janet, her fur baby is doing well. She's very healthy. She's doing excellent at the social distancing and is loving the fact that we're home 24-7. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. All of my animals are a little bit, they're excited to have me more or people more in the house, but they're also a little bit suspicious. Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us. And again, like I said, we're trying to do more content, more conversation on Twitch. Um, Should folks be looking to follow anything on Twitter, on social media that y'all have? Are you going to be posting more workouts? Uh, What kinds of stuff are you up to on social? So actually, we've been having long discussions about that. Uh, We definitely have some things in the works, Um, you know, going to be shooting for quality and quantity i don't know so uh part of it is figuring out how to make our living room like film worthy that's very difficult to do um so we'll see i think uh we got some 
good. Luckily, she's really good at computers. So I'm hoping that uh, we can put out some interesting, good, helpful content to keep people engaged uh, during this trying time. Yeah, we both um, have a lot of feelings and ideas regarding ways to keep fit and stay on your skates. I know I, for one, I go a bit crazy even during like, I'm going to say actual off season, um, missing any kind of level of practice or, um, you know, working out. I'm like, a, am worse than Janet. Like if you don't walk me, I become a little troll. So, um, she is a gym so, I love so art- artificial off season must be really challenging. Hard. Um, but having the, the team stay engaged and doing those off skates, um, I actually, uh, yeah, we so we have off skates with CrossFit uh, Kelly Kelly Strength. I think they've just changed their name to, as well as one that's led by one of our teammates, Chop. So that's super fun. Um, like I said, we have access to the park down the road, so we have the ability to put on skates. And we're lucky in that the house we live in at the moment has a massive um, concrete floor because it's under construction. So there's this beautiful concrete floor, which you know how I feel about concrete floors. I love them. So um, I'm excited for the opportunity to just kind of clear everything out. Um, I've already done some different drill sessions working on skating skills that I want to try to finesse over this off season. Not even this, uh, it's not an off season, it's an off season. Um, Artificial off season. Artificial off season. So during this artificial off season, there's definitely some things that I see within myself that need improvement. So I'm going to try to hone in on that as well as, you know, keep up to snuff with some of the baseline things and just get our bread and butters real strong. Well, I'm glad to see you both happy and healthy and still making everybody laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we can all continue to do that uh, in the future. Um, Lady Trampled Scald Eagle of Denver Roller Derby, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I will be sure to pester you to join us again in the future. Um, for you friends joining us on Twitch, including Janet, uh, be sure to stick around. Um, hopefully Janet can join us for the second half of the show where we're going to um, interview my friend, Jumpy McGee from Team Indigenous, who has uh, a lot of really important uh, um ideas and thoughts about community and building community during this time. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to the second half of Getting Off Track. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to the second half of our pilot show for Getting Off Track. Um, If you're just joining us, you're watching the Women's Flat Track Derby Association's Twitch channel. Uh, We're trying to get a few new show ideas out there this time. Um, We are, a lot of us, experiencing social distancing. So um, we're looking to stay connected as a community, stay connected as a sport. Um, And one human, I think, who has done a tremendous job in connecting our community is my friend, Jumpy McGee from Team Indigenous. Uh, We are going to welcome Jumpy live from Portland, Maine. How's it going, Jumpy? We're doing great in the 207. Good to see you. Hello, everybody. It's good good to see you. Um, So tell us a little bit about, first of all, let's talk about sort of today and this climate. Um, How have you been managing all of the social distancing restrictions that are going on in Maine right now? You know, it's been, I think, a good reminder for all of us to be a little patient and take a big breath um, because there's so much different information coming out every 
well, every hour sometimes it seems to change. And um, I think, you know, as we've seen different communities mobilize, we've just seen an incredible resilience really from so many different parts of our community, both the sports community, um, as well as public schools and um, political figures and just neighborhood associations. Everyone is really just um, banded together uh, almost overnight to really make sure that their neighbors have groceries and that people are writing letters to each other to check in on um, you know, folks that are living in nursing homes who can't get visitors or writing to people who are in hospitals who can't have visitors. Um, so I think it's really, even though we are socially distanced, almost help reconnect some of our humanity, which I think we got so busy, so um, yeah. distracted by all of the virtual noise that we never had a chance to really slow down and remember those times we were able to connect as humans and take a minute to care about each other and take a minute to be considerate and think about our neighbors. And so while this is a really terrible thing happening globally, um, it really has given us this great opportunity to just stop and take a breath and, you know, do things for someone, you know, other than ourselves. So um, I think we've yeah. seen that definitely in Maine, of course, but um, I was going to ask across the country. How, how is uh, Maine Roller Derby managing through this? I know some of you have done uh, some online Zooming as of late. Yes, um, you know, the great thing about technology is that has allowed all of us to stay connected. Uh, we actually had our first league happy hour last night um, by Zoom. So all of our league mates were able, well, those were, that were able to attend um, we could see each other. We played some games like Mad Libs and You Don't Know Jack and laughed and just really had a chance to, again, connect after not being able to see each other. And we've you know, been struggling, too, because we lost our primary winter location, uh, Happy Wheels, when it closed down in um, mid-December. And we've been looking for you know, a new home. Um, but while we've been looking for a new home, we're just kind of trying to grab spaces that we could skate together. So we already felt um, a little bit of that struggle, not being able to come together as frequently as we could. So um, really, we have been preparing for this. <laughs> we weren't really expecting this significant of a social distance, um, but we've found other ways to um, get together. There's also um, one of our old league mates who now um, does uh, roller Derby Fitness Instruction has now started a virtual Roller Derby Fitness class that she can do by Zoom and people can join and um, they're able to stay moving on skates, which I think all of us just feel like that's what keeps us healthy, both body and mind. Um, that's why we do you know, roller derby. And even though we can't necessarily skate together at a rink, we can skate together virtually, <laughs> which is so yeah. fun. I think that was the the hardest part for me watching that footage from championships was was just that that urge to put my skates on uh, yes, and hit other yes. people. <laughs> yes, well, uh, and hit other people, be near other people, you know, yes. talk to other people. Just all of those parts of roller derby that get engaged, um, you know, the talking, the strategy, the physicality, um, and just the the social connections that you have yeah. once those have gone away you know it's almost like you are on a long-term injury and you don't know when you're going to be able to come back but you can't still just go and watch a game and connect with your friends it's it's not even available for you 
Yeah, I'm I'm calling it the artificial off season. <laughs> it is not it is not we one we have chosen. Um, yes, no. <laughs> but now you mentioned injury. You you did come back from injury last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I in twenty. 18, um, I started to have some really bad uh, headaches after we played at a tournament uh, in Worcester um, and wasn't really sure what it was. And I have a great doctor who's both a family physician and sports med doctor. And so we have a really great connection. But then the dizziness started to get worse. It started to happen at work and at home. Um, and so we did lots and lots of different types of testing and eventually discovered that I have a really rare condition. It's like one in 200,000 people get this, but it's called uh, idiopathic intracranial hypertension, which basically means my spinal fluid overproduces and my body doesn't absorb it fast enough. Um, wow. And so there were lots of different scans and things that happened, but we found out also that the transverse sinus vein that goes in your brain right around the back um, mine happens to be pinched on both sides so when you're trying to force oh, wow. an excess of fluid through little tiny uh, pinched canals that your body definitely does not respond well to that so um, especially trying had... to play roller derby i imagine <laughs> <laughs> trying to play roller derby doesn't work walking doesn't work <laughs> um so we actually i had a stent placed uh valentine's day of 2018 um, and at that point, I thought that was the end of my derby career. Uh, so I had kind of resolved to um, just being a coach and an organizer. Um, I wasn't able to go to World Cup with Team Indigenous, which was just heartbreaking. Um, but then I found some really good information about anti-inflammatory eating and the effects that that can have on different types of inflammation uh, in the body. And so after a lot of work and changing kind of all of my dietary habits, uh, was able to um, actually come off of all the neuromeds that I was on. The symptoms started to improve, um, especially with the stent, and then started to go back to roller skating. Just, well, maybe I'll just skate in a couple practices. Oh, that's how contact, it starts. And then I'll be okay. <laughs> and then it was like, well, maybe if I just do light contact, that'll be okay. And then it was, well, maybe if I just scrimmage. And then, you know, by October, November, I was jumping back into bouts and then um, going out for travel team season and... Um, it was like I hadn't left. Uh, and the yeah. great thing about having almost a whole year off was my body actually had a chance to fully heal. So not only mm -hmm. from the neurological stuff, but just all of the little bumps and bruises and strains and, you know, micro tears yep. and all the things that you put your body through, it actually had time to heal. So I feel like when I came back, I came back stronger uh, and a better athlete than I was when I left. And um yeah, so it was it was amazing. Uh, this last year has been incredible. So many different opportunities uh, with lots of different teams. And yeah, I, I feel good. It's great. Including championships in Montreal with Team Indigenous. <laughs> yes. Oh um, my gosh. And I, I believe we actually have some footage of that that we can we can watch as we talk about it. Can you tell us, um, I think the WFTDA wanted to make sure that we were starting to um, offer opportunities uh, to folks from around the community to get to um, participate at a high level for championships. And we were so excited when Team Indigenous and Jewish Roller Derby said yes. <laughs> so tell us yes. what it was like to play in this game. Oh my gosh, it was, I mean, 
I think the first day we got to Montreal and were able to come in um, and look at just that big blue track, um, I think all of us just took this big collective breath, like, oh my gosh, we're here. And this is the track that, you know, all of the very high level teams get a chance to play on and we get to take this opportunity to showcase all of these incredible athletes um, that because of the way, you know, Derby is structured in the way that um, communities have different resources, all of these athletes may never have had that chance to be on that stage at that level, um, competing in front of, you know, the biggest Derby audience of the season. Um, And so as I was handing out um, the badges, so when you get your badge for champs at the very bottom, it says, you know, what your access is. And at the very bottom of our lanyards on our little tag it said skater and as i was handing those out to my team we were all just you know crying and just so grateful to be there but so grateful to be there together and experience that collectively so um what an incredible opportunity and there was so much support the whole weekend we brought some merch with us and i think by the end of the first day maybe thursday we were just about sold out um, and we That's brought us awesome. on. So there was just a tremendous amount of support for both teams um, from the Derby community. And I think what we we're hoping to see is that something that certainly can continue um, and really, you know, we can work to elevate so many of these different teams um, and give, um, you know, more space for their messages and more space for the things that they struggle with to participate in the sport that can be, you know, at times exclusionary because of cost or because of location or because of just opportunities and, you know, being able to run leagues. You know, it's an all volunteer sport that we pay to play. And unfortunately, when you have, you know, volunteers and a cost that sometimes creates um, a wall and people can't get through that wall um, because they don't have the resources to do that. Um, so I think the more that we can use you know, that platform of champs or playoffs or any other WFTDA um, big events, that just really gives more opportunity for those additional voices to be heard and those additional faces to be seen. Yeah, 100%. Do you feel as though you have some really exciting uh, momentum coming out of championships for Team Indigenous to do um, even more great work when artificial off-season is over? <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like we did. Um, I think we're all worried about, one, how long artificial off-season is going to last. And then also, you know, that I think there's a disproportionate effect for some of the people that are part of Jewish Roller Derby or that are part of Team Indigenous um, because they are likely um, part of the employees that have been in the front lines of being laid off and they're trying to just figure out how do I pay my rent? How do I feed my kids? Um, how do I you know, make sure that we still have a place to live um, or a vehicle to get to and from work um, when I'm now out of work, let alone when Derby comes back how am I going to afford dues when I have to now pay, you know, for the back utilities, when I have to, you know, pay for all the loans that, you know, I took out during this time where I didn't have work. So I think something that we can all think of as a community is, you know, how can we help our Derby neighbors in making sure that there are pathways to come back to play 
um, when their resources are very finite when we all come out of this. Um, you know, we are still working on selecting our 2020 competition team. And I think we had a lot of great applications. Um, we're really excited to be able to announce that team, but the leadership for Team Indigenous just really, we've had to focus so much just on our own lives um, in the last couple of weeks since um, COVID-19 has really hit, you know, a lot of communities very hard that we haven't been able to take that extra time to then help create this team. So I think that's something, you know, it's important for everyone else to recognize that Team Indigenous is wonderful and Jewish Roller Derby is wonderful. And these, you know, borderless teams are so important and so critical to our derby community, but it's an additional responsibility on top of the leagues that we're already participating. You know, we're yep. parents, we work full time. We're also sometimes students. We're also sometimes political figures or, you know, important to our own local communities. So there's lots of work that sits on our shoulders outside of this additional thing that we're trying to do. So it is very heavy work. Um, and yeah. the more that we can have allies support that and elevate that, the lighter the load becomes and the more accessible then it becomes to more people. Yeah, and I was going to ask about um, the way that you think community is going to change. Um, and I am very excited that you are drinking the brand of seltzer that you are because as a native New Englander, uh, just gonna put a tiny little shout out there for Polar. Um, <laughs> As and you you actually said uh, Worcester, which is essentially my hometown, Worcester, Massachusetts, and yeah. uh, so it, it's it's unbelievably exciting to me to think that the town that I grew up in now has roller derby because that wasn't even a thought in anybody's mind when I was going to high school, um, and so we have these uh, unique platforms of technology to be able to use. We have each other. Uh, we kind of talked about the various teams that you are on. I'm sure a lot of folks out there are also on a lot of different teams. We have announcers, we have officials, we have skaters. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that you're gonna expect to see moving forward as we kind of change the idea of what community is in roller derby? I mean, are, do you think that this is, um, you mentioned already that you thought that this was gonna potentially bring people together. Um, what do you think we can move forward with? Um, that's a great question. So I think, you know, one of the benefits to having, you know, a virtual or digital platform to share information is there are so many different leagues that do little parts of Derby really, really well. Um, so one of the things I'm so proud of main roller Derby is we grow officials and volunteers that are great. Um, but that stay with us because we treat them well. And, you know, one of the things that we are really committed to when we onboard um, new skaters, you know, our freshies each year is encouraging them to learn, you know, whether it's NSOing or being a skating official or volunteering, you know, for different parts of the league. It's so important to understand everything that goes into the game and respect everything that goes into the game. So it's not just about, cool, I did all this training, now I get to skate. It's about understanding you get to do that because of 
the you know 20 to 30 volunteers that are standing behind you that are helping to make that happen so if we don't have our league members engaging with you know ticket sales or raffle or you know doing the you know the uh, tape or running the scoreboard or you know running um, jam timing in the middle if we don't have all those people then we don't get to play a game and if we don't respect those people and treat them well they're not going to stick around and we're going to really struggle to put on our games so I feel like we are really really fortunate that we do that so well and I think the more that the derby community looks to leagues to leverage those skills and then brings them together so we have you know member services within WFTDA now that um, can help bring some of that learning and training for leagues to make it more accessible so while you know a league that might be in a small community in like Idaho they probably don't have the same training resources as you know a league like Gotham but if there's an online repository for sharing that information whether it's you know live trainings or a training library or just access to this information that um, you know league in Idaho is then able to grow and become sustainable and then continue to grow you know their community there so I think that's kind of the what we've learned from this if anything is we can do lots um, and we can do lots more so online what what you're saying is everyone should sit down and reread the rules <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure not everybody knows them all right well <laughs> no I, I know and I think we you, take the rules test uh annually I'm like oh I don't want to see the score I got but I'm pretty sure I got them right and you know I do but yeah it's <laughs> important I understand I understand that dread <laughs> um, <laughs> But it is such a good point. There is so much opportunity to sit down and learn things. We have all of these, um, you know, archives of the games. That's one resource. Um, our rules, another resource. We've got officiating certification. We've got education. We have all kinds of things that you sit down and work on. Um, and then working together i think is another important point and you were saying that maine gets together and has happy hours and just kind of keeps themselves motivated together yeah and i think one of the things that we regularly see even when we weren't in social distancing but we didn't have a practice space is we have a fitness uh, group for mrd so people can post things that they're doing whether it's workouts they're doing or hey I'm gonna go skate uh, the green belt is a place that we have uh, in Portland that you can skate and it's kind of goes right along um, Casco Bay it's beautiful this time of year it's iffy with <laughs> rocks and debris from winter but um, you know we can get groups together that have time to meet up and it's you know it's not an expectation it's not um, something that you have to do but it's everyone kind of shouting out like hey here's this cool thing i'm doing if you want to come join me come join me and we can do it together because i think what we find when you do any sort of activity whether it's you know getting together to knit or getting together to have you know a virtual happy hour or getting together to just skate or do an outside workout you're so much more likely to one actually do it because you're accountable to someone else but also it just 
again, builds that community within your league and people start to feel connected. And, you know, when people feel connected, they're more likely to stay, they're more likely to become invested and learn more and do more. And I think that's what, you know, all leagues need is that investment so that, again, many hands, you know, make the work lighter. So you don't want your league to have the, you know, same five people doing all of the work. You want 50 people doing all of the work. Yes, (laughs) 100%. Yes, a hundred percent. So, when we are through with this artificial off season, um, what are you as a skater looking forward to working on? I know that everybody has season goals, right? What are your season goals when what the artificial off season is done? Oh, I think my season goals. Um, you know, I'd like to t- try relief jamming a little bit and. I'm sure I have league members listening, <laughs> so please hold me accountable to that. Um, Understood. I don't mind doing it. Yeah, I don't mind doing it uh, every so often. I'm not awesome at it yet, um, but that is something I definitely want to try. Are you one of those people who, if the the bench management looks around with the star in their hand, like, does anybody? Oh, I don't make. Does anybody? No. Nope. Are you, Yeah, you're the one who's like, oh, I have <laughs> to fix want, my water bottle. Here. My water bottle's broken over here. Oh my 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 lace is untied. I need to retie my skate lace. <laughs> um, but I am. And very what do much you think? I have to get that. I am a get through. Hopefully, get lead. Get through and get my points, and then I am calling it. Um, so you're I'm not hoping, a two-minute jam jammer. You're no, just, I'm really, really hoping that we don't end up with a no-lead two-minute jam. <laughs> that's fair. And what what appeals to you about that challenge? Um, I think as a blocker, um, just the strategy of trying. I Right now, when I try and jam, I try and take the lines, which is a terrible choice usually because someone is going to say oh look there because that's usually what i do as a blocker is oh look there's the jammer going for the line i'm going to leave it yep. open a little bit so they think that they're through yep. and go then ahead and take that them out mm-hmm. yeah um so for me the challenge of trying to use you know my body position and strategy one to hopefully find offense that clears a space for me but when i don't move that mass of people. Um, And I am a person that when I go to the gym, you know, I will load up that sled um, to a ridiculous amount of weight and maybe have a friend sit on it so I can see just if I can push it. Um, So that, that part appeals to me. My lung capacity and cardio haven't quite caught up with that appeal. I understand. understand. So for the time being, you might still be fixing the water bottle or tying your skate 50 50 yeah 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 no 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 I know exactly what you mean I feel I like to think of myself as like a like a like a a giant um like a lion or a cat that lays around all day like I I like to conserve my energy and at scrimmage (laughs) I might have one jam in me and it's gonna be awesome but then I'm done I'm that's it yes no more yes and that but you can count on me like like you're saying like a relief jammer you can count on me to do the thing, and then I'm done. Right. If you have no other options, I'll take it. <laughs> well, here's to being the last options <laughs> for our teams. Polar cheers to that. All right. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's great to see you. 
And uh, is there a place that people can follow you on social media to learn more about Team Indigenous or learn more about what you're doing or what Maine's doing? What are all the plugs you want to give? Um, so definitely be following uh, Team Indigenous Rising on Facebook and Instagram. That's where we, now that we have kind of settled into this social distancing and uh, involuntary off season for a little bit, I think we'll have a little bit more content going out, um, especially how this is affecting um, natives uh, on um, the reservation lands um, in Canada and on other places in Turtle Island, uh, because I think those are sometimes, you know, the forgotten communities. Um, there are still lots of places uh, just here in the States that don't have clean drinking water. And so when you're talking about a pandemic like this, and it's so critical, you know, to wash your hands, these are places that don't actually have, you know, potable water to be able to do that as frequently as it needs to. And so then it can become very virulent in those um, communities. So those are especially some communities to be thinking about. And if you have any opportunity to give funds or donate, um, there's lots of places you can find online um, for different indigenous communities that will collect that money and work with um, those communities to get either more potable water or supplies or, you know, much needed masks to keep um, those communities safe. But um, yeah, our Team Indigenous Rising page will have all of our updates or any news that we can share on those fronts. Um, I'm uh, JumpyMcG207 on Twitter, um, and I don't post a lot of fun stuff. Most of it is pictures of my dogs, my kids, and uh, I just recently started World of Warcraft, and there is a, a derby guild that we're building called the Pack. I saw Ford. something about this. <laughs> should I? Should I be worried? <laughs> Should I join? I, I, think, I think you should totally join. Uh, okay. I have no idea what I'm doing and it's really funny. And my kids now uh, laugh at me. They're like, you're playing World of Warcraft. Cause they're of course playing other cool things that I don't understand, so. Is anybody, is any of them uh, streaming on Twitch? Any of the guild? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I'll have we to- We should find that out. We should, we should definitely find, find that out. out. I don't know that we've gotten that far yet. I think everyone's still building up their character levels because um, those that used to play have jumped back on and we're on different servers. So when you change a server, I guess you have to start from the beginning. I didn't know that. So I built up and then we jumped and then I'm starting over from the beginning again. So lots of learning. Okay. <laughs> With this time I have on my hands. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like roller derby. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> Well, I so appreciate you taking this time to join us today. And um, I'm going to have to pester you more to join us again, because we oh, might, of course. Happy to. might have an artificial off season for a little bit of time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if if you or folks have ideas about additional content or uh, I'm so excited to follow you on Twitter and to keep following you and Team Indigenous Rising on Facebook because there's there's all kinds of really important content that everybody's putting together. Um, so, uh, oh, one it's more been thing, awesome. I forgot. Yes, share. <laughs> um, so we we are trying our hand at a podcast. 
Um, and so it will be called Two Natives, and that is uh, I Am One Native great. that will be interviewing other members of Team Indigenous past and present, um, and really just trying to use it as an educational tool uh, and elevate some of those Native voices uh, while we're in this artificial off-season, um, just to help educate people about the different tribes, um, what it's like to be you know, a modern or urban yeah. Native, uh, and what helped them um, decide to uh, connect with Team Indigenous, what the experience has been like, and then what that's going to help them carry forward into their community. Because um, awesome. we love roller derby and that's the best, but we also um, are doing this you know, for a bigger purpose to make sure that we're mm -hmm. also you know, elevating those Indigenous voices and um, issues uh, to help educate everybody. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What are you going to start it? Um, we're trying the recording this weekend, uh, so then there's some editing that I see your your home studio all set up there. <laughs> yeah, thankfully my husband has a music production degree, uh, so I have my own audio engineer uh, and recording studio to try this out in. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. That sounds pretty fortunate. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks to all of you on Twitch for watching and tuning in. Um, as we said earlier, we're going to try to put together a bunch of different show ideas to keep people um, motivated, entertained, connected. Um, and if you have show ideas or thoughts, hit us up at broadcast.quadmedia.tv. Um, and don't forget to click the heart to follow us on Twitch in that way. You'll know when we have content going live. We're also going to be posting stuff on YouTube. Um, so liking and subscribing to YouTube keeps you connected to us. And um, that's one thing that we all would like to do during this very challenging artificial off season of social distancing is stay connected. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for joining us, Jumpy. Thanks, everybody, thanks for, for watching. Awesome. Uh, and we'll be back soon, hopefully, with another edition of Getting Off Track. Um, otherwise, we're going to do some experimentation in WFTDA.TV. Um, so we'll keep you posted. Thanks for listening and watching. And everyone out there, stay safe and healthy.